Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How to Travel in a Journey. My name is Alexandra, and on my show today, I have Goldie and Adair Finuken. <laughs> hey, you two. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't see the show, but they kind of listen to um, Adair is back to tell a little bit about herself uh, and her pregnancy with Goldie, who will have a glance at here in the video chat. Um, just to come back to who Adair is and how we know each other, it, Adair calls herself the healer's healer. She comes from various fields of training, social work, yoga, Ayurvedic wellness. Uh, and I interviewed her for the trauma part. And we talked extensively of how trauma can affect you and how you might not notice what's really happening to you until you got your nose stopped in it. And she really, I dare you really shared it beautifully at the time. So thank you for coming back. And we talk a little bit more about what's happening in pregnancy also from all tantric sides. <laughs> That's what we decided to do. So here we go. How are you? <laughs> I am doing really well. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. I had such a great time the last time we connected. I always love talking with you. Um, and it's just a it's just a pleasure to be back with my baby who exists outside of my body, which even though she's almost seven weeks old, it's still a trip to to be with her like yeah, this oh, she's oh real <laughs> guys you really got to switch on that video on youtube and look at goldie <laughs> she is so beautiful and seven weeks how often do we see somebody at that age if we yeah. don't have our own so, so beautiful thank yeah. you for bringing her along and yeah we're here to speak a little bit about you know the unusuals of pregnancy the more shushed part i would say like because when I look back onto how we stay in touch, which is still social media, you know, you, you were so open um, to share how this had gone down in, you know, like triggered you in all sorts of ways. And we all know, you know, pregnancy creates happy hormones, <laughs> you know, and so would you want to share a little bit from your perspective, wherever you want to dive into this, um, you can do so there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about how pregnancy can be an incredibly wonderful experience for, for folks. Right. And, and certainly I experienced many wonderful moments in my pregnancy, but the truth is that we're always complicated beings, right? But so, so becoming pregnant isn't going to suddenly remove all of the complicated, all of my complicated nature. And that's why I thought, yeah, like a tantric approach to pregnancy, of course, it's all divine, but that doesn't mean it's all pleasant or, or preferred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. P particular the preferred part and I'm, I'm sure I mean you got a healthy baby here and some people found the less preferred part in other ways but for you it kind of caught you again on your Achilles heel I think you know we could call it that maybe yeah so we've had a big year my husband and I got married uh, October 16th of last year so it's been almost one year since we got married and we were really we thought, okay, we'll try to have a baby, um, right after that pretty much. And we got 
I got pregnant very, very quickly fast, but we didn't even have our wedding photos back yet. It just, it happened really quickly, which is a blessing, right? I know so many people who have navigated a long journey of um, trying to become pregnant. So it was a blessing, but I, I felt like, whoa, that was really fast. And I wasn't, I don't know if one is ever really ready. Like, I don't know that I ever would have been totally ready, but I certainly did not feel prepared (laughs) to suddenly be pregnant. You know, I had been planning a wedding in a very short period of time. And then we had the wedding and we went away for a week and then we came back and not too long after that, boom, I was in this different, um, different place. I was actually watching the show called the midwife when, (laughs) when I took the pregnancy. (laughs) Well, signs all over the place, you know, it was meant to happen. Well, congrats on both at first from my side. Yeah. And when did you notice that, you know, like that you, that the pregnancy wasn't just the jolly part of it? When does that start for you? I, I don't remember everything terribly clearly, which is fine by me. (laughs) Um, But within a couple weeks, I realized like, oh, I think it was maybe a week and a half or so after I, I discovered that I was pregnant, I realized that things were starting to change. I was sick, which is pretty common, of course, the nausea, um, but my mood started to change and I started mm. to feel really depressed within a, yeah, within a couple of weeks, within a month or two of um, discovering I was pregnant for sure within a month or two. And it was really disturbing because we talked last time I was on your show about mental health. And I really considered myself to be in sort of remission almost from depression, right? We all have tough days, um, but I have enough skills and um, just really by the grace of the divine, an ability to shift my mood generally. So all of a sudden I was in this big hormonal change. And I was discovering that nothing in my massive toolbox was working. And it was really, really triggering to be depressed and then more depressed and then more depressed. And I would be trying to do my yoga practices, always getting outside, right. Walking the dog, um, you know, seeking support from the people in my life. At that point, I wasn't seeing a therapist or anybody like a psychiatric provider, but um, just trying all of the things, doing my Ayurvedic, you know, the Dinacharya, the daily habits that I know help. And first having a lot less energy because first trimester is often very exhausting. Um, But second, just discovering that my mood was horrible to the point where Um, I was experiencing suicidal ideation and I just never expected to be back in that place. And I didn't know what to do. There was, there didn't seem to be anything to do. And I tried to get psychiatric help, you know, I I was like, I need to be on medication because none of the behavioral shifts were helping. And I had a very difficult time accessing care, um, which Mm. was disturbing. I was referred to a program locally in Rochester, New York, in the US, um, where I am. And I left probably like 15 voicemails to try to get in touch with this one. This is a perinatal mental health program. Um, So my hope was to, you know, get help from them. And 
I remember just crying on the voicemails being like, please help me. Um, And contacting the midwives who had referred me and saying, can you please tell them to get back to me? And it just, it was, it just took forever. And thankfully, once I finally did get through to them, I, you know, was very clear with the director about how I felt about that. And she, she made some changes. She called me the next week and told me all the changes that she was making, Mm. how they did their voicemail and how they were operating. Cause it was yeah, a lot, a lot about that experience was difficult. Uh, I won't even go into all of it, but so the good news is that things are very likely different for people who are seeking that help now, but the bad news is that I'm very proactive and a very good advocate for myself. And in spite of that, I had a really <laughs> hard time getting what I needed. Like I am, yeah. I'm a pit bull when it comes to getting what I want. And if, if I'd known a physical location where I could have gone, I would have shown up at that, at their door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, and that scares me, uh, because, yeah, <gasps> especially because the way, uh, care providers as, as care providers, we can often have a, a bias that we're not even aware of. Um, and as a woman, as someone who presents as female and, you know, middle-class educated white in the U S I'm, I'm tend to be treated pretty well, but I was thinking this whole time, like if I had, you know, if I were a woman of color or if I were a trans person trying to get help, or if I had any of these more marginalized identities, would it be even more difficult for me to access this help? I'm a social worker for goodness sake. I should, Mm. you know, I know how to navigate the systems, but not everybody does. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. That's a big thought, you know, when you're in a crisis like that. You know, to think about all the marginalized, uh, marginalized um, people, but um, that is really, you know, I totally relate to that sense of helplessness, you know, that helplessness, you can't help yourself, nothing is shifting, this mood is really overcoming, and I have sometimes overcoming moods, and think, this is impossible. Why I'm in this place yesterday, everything was rosy and shiny, you know, and today I wake up with all these dark thoughts. And um, so did your, um, did your mood really shift with, um, with the coming up help or what happened for you then? How did you get out of that? You know, I want to first shout out to our friend, Leslie Perriera, who is from Yoga Health Coaching, because she has shared um, publicly about her own postpartum depression journey. Um, and she was very actively present for me as a support person. And I, she said, you know, call me, text me anytime, even if it's just to say, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And she, that was really helpful. She kind of t- helped me help to tide me over before I got help. But as we were talking, she was continuing to insist, like, keep, keep trying. She was trying to help me find resources. And I was able to find a therapist who specializes in perinatal mental health, which is mm. important to me. Um, you know, because this is a very unique time. It is something that I wanted to work with a specialist on. Um, I was able to get help from her and I was able to get on um, sertraline or uh, what I can't remember what it's, what it's, what else it's called, but it's a psycho psychotropic medication and SSRI. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that happened. So I started seeing a therapist who's wonderful. I started taking medication and I was able to find a psychiatric nurse practitioner who had been a midwife who was kind of helping me with medication all around the same time as when I switched into the second trimester. Mm. And there's a big hormonal change that happens at the second trimester. So it may have been the therapist. It may have been the medication. It may have been simply moving into the second trimester. I'll Mm. never know. (laughs) Right. It's, it's kind of a mystery. All I know is that things got better. Thank goodness. Um, Yeah with the, with the mood and the mental health. Cause it was scary yeah. to be in that place, especially not to be, to not be happy about being pregnant. You know, mm. I shared, um, I shared in that Facebook post that I wrote that there was a night when I was so miserable. I remember being awake and trying to cry as softly as I could so that I didn't wake up my husband cause he had to work yeah. early. Yeah. Um, and I was so miserable. I remember kind of wishing that I would just miscarry so that I didn't have to keep doing this, but Mm -hmm. also thinking, I really hope I don't, because if I do, I don't know if I'm going to have the guts to try to have another baby. Yeah. And like, what a dark, what a dark place to be. Of course, I'm so happy to have her, but it was ugly, right? Those are ugly feelings. Yeah. And you say, of course, now, and there's women who can't say that when the baby is there, you know, they might have had a cheerful pregnancy and then they come out of it. And as you said, our common mutual friend, you know, she had that in postpartum that can, that can reach you anytime. And I think we are very, um, I think you are in a lovely relationship as far as I grasped it from any conversations we had. So how did your partner play into this He was wonderful. I mean, the thing about going through anything difficult is that nobody can do it for us, right? Mm. People can be there and they can listen, um, but they can't do it for us. And he didn't try to, which I really respect about James. He Mm. doesn't, he has a great sense of boundaries of of what's his and what's mine. Mm. Um, That said, you know, I complained so much (laughs) All through nine months, there was something really, really difficult about each trimester. And he never, he never did anything, but just witnessed and stayed with me and did what he could to try to help me. And I would say that the, the most helpful thing tangibly that he did was, was support me in backing off of work, off of anything that I wasn't already committed to. I just. I had to drop everything. Mm. I stopped trying to enroll people in my program. You know, I take on almost anything um, that I was asked to do. And he was, he was totally willing to take on more of the financial um, support element, Mm. which is hard for me because I like being independent, but also it was like, well, we got married, didn't we? You know, this is, this is what a partnership is. And I was doing a lot of labor growing this thing, (laughs) this little little bean. So he was just really great. And to his credit, he didn't try to swoop in and fix it. I had to sit with myself and through help of therapy and having conversations, decide what I needed and Mm -hmm. ask for it. At which point he was like, okay, good you know yeah yeah oh yeah what what do you think I mean you we probably never know what was the trigger and I get a sense of that it's almost like um 
maybe that you you slipped a little bit deeper into yourself with the pregnancy you know what it felt to me when you were describing this all it was like you had managed on a certain level of dealing with your trauma and your depression as you call it um, and when you get pregnant did can you connect to this question or does that feel like you 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 went that level deeper where it's less controllable and how did you solve that for yourself if you have come to to do some you know accounting for it already but it's very early I suppose you know to to think back already but well I think I think that's a great question and I'm just reminded again how we don't exist by ourselves, right? I've, I've done a lot of work and I did it in tandem. Like I just mentioned, Leslie, I talked to my sister every day, probably multiple times a day, most, most days. And yeah. that was really helpful because she was a mirror and she mm -hmm. was always reminding me that this is temporary. This is temporary. She, she's, she does her inner work in a really beautiful way. And she also just makes me laugh, which is really good medicine. But, um, I think when we're challenged, if mm, I'll speak for myself, when I'm challenged, I don't give up. Hmm. I don't, even, even when I want to, it's not really an option just to shut down and not exist. No, I'll say that there, there were days when it maybe felt and looked like I was giving up, especially during the winter when I was in my first trimester, but hmm. I think there are, some of us are just like that. Like, it's not mm. really a choice. We have to keep going. So if I'm challenged and I have to keep going, if I'm not going to end my life, which I wasn't mm. planning on, I wasn't going to do that. I was aware of the thoughts I was having and knew that that wasn't really an option. Yeah. Uh, then we have to keep moving. And mm. my, um, you know, my sense of, in retrospect, I think, especially my sense of my ability to take care of myself was really present. Like mm. what, this is looking different than it ever has before. And it doesn't mm. look like my Ayurvedic lifestyle, right? All of yeah. these are changing and I'm not, I'm watching TV for seven hours a day and yeah. whatever I'm doing just to get through. But yeah. there was something kind of beautiful about stripping away the work and just yeah. sitting there and watching yeah. TV and having yeah. the ability both to do that, the privilege of being able to do that. You know, I didn't have to show up at a job and yeah. the willingness to do it because I know people who A, don't have that privilege and B, who could do that and simply won't because we're acculturated and we're, yeah. we're taught. Yeah. Um, that we have to grind that's, that's that exactly the point uh, that's exactly the point there that I want to talk to you about it you know it feels like um, because you mentioned tantra uh, initially and in when we started this off so there is a sense of god-guided kind of allowing things to fall away and stop controlling that's what I hear you saying because that's what I kind of also associate with tantra you know it's like a little bit chaotic it's like everything can be and exists and um, can, can we talk a little bit more about that maybe you know how much did you think that was a necessary strip down of patterns or whatever 
I think looking back at the time, I was very uh, lucky to have an excellent yoga teacher and meditation teacher with whom I did both a lot of meditation classes once a week, and then also a prenatal uh, yoga class. And that helped me stay grounded in the teachings. Mm. Um, if I hadn't had uh, my teacher, Jacoby Ballard, who's this wonderful teacher whose who's prenatal class is actually queer and trans-centered. Um, so I was, I was practicing in a really special and safe feeling space. If I hadn't had him and the community of other pregnant people, I think it would have been much more difficult to sense how I was being guided, um, but it kind of kept, helped me keep my head above water, hmm. be aware of that spiritual element because I was so mired in just kind of trying to stay alive yeah <laughs> sounds so yeah. dramatic but it's really yeah. true to stay hmm. some kind of balance that I didn't have my normal sense of connection to the divine I remember explaining one time at the end of our meditation session where, where we had the opportunity to to share I remember saying I know that God's here and yet it feels like there's a plexiglass between me and the, mm. like, I, like I'm like banging on it and I can't get in. So I think, again, it comes back to community, not that I wasn't there with myself, but just that reminder that like God's here and to be witnessed in yeah. that feeling was yeah. really powerful because mm. it's so easy when things are that hard to just disconnect and yeah. continuing to show up in community is sort of like a lifeline that prevented a full severing yeah. of, of at least yeah. in our minds, we might try yeah. to disconnect even though we can't, right? That's not mm -hmm. how it works. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it makes totally sense. And it reminds me of my own desperation, you know, when I have my conversations with the divine or God, you call it whatever you want, uh, dear listener, but, um, it feels sometimes it's very strong and when it's gone i also know that a lot of myself has taken over you know and then in that where me myself and i have taken over as an ego drama you know like then then it, i feel so disconnected and it's almost like i do anything i can remember that has brought me to to be more in the presence of guidance you know and higher guidance instead of just walking only through my own chaos and that's why I also love talking to you you know it's like we're both strong women that can bring things to their feet and you know be supportive with other people but um, in the what I've come to learn for myself is that I'll um, that I need the community like you described, you know, to be reminded of, you know, there is greater power out there than our own forces. So our own handmade forces. And yeah, I, I, I need the bigger forces. It's almost like um, maybe I'm asking too much from my own positioning because what I see happen to you is, 
as much what it feels like to me, like, you know, the dark night of the soul, you know, like the, I've, I've been challenged in so many ways lately that I often want to just go back to means of mending it. And it's not possible that we're talking about, you know, you trying to mend yourself in this depression in the pregnancy, you know, and, um, and that's what makes it so interesting to me. Yeah. To talk to you. I don't know about you, but I know that it can be incredibly frustrating to be aware of the concept of surrender and yet feel like that is the least accessible. It's, it's, I know it's the only thing that will help, but it's like, it's like I can't see color and I would need to see color enabled in order to access it or so, you know, right? Like it's, it's absolutely maddening to be like aware enough to know that I can't fix it, but not yeah. to not be able to find the button that yeah. actually helps me let go. <laughs> that I think is like the most maddening experience yes. of being in that yes. dark night of the soul. Yeah, because what you said and you gave it that beautiful name, surrender. Surrender means doing nothing yeah. and accepting, right? And we are both doing people as far as I heard you talking earlier. You know, I know how to go through the system. And so am I, you know, I'm that kind of person. And um, yeah, so how are you walking forwards uh, at this point with your life? What has changed for you besides that you obviously care for Goldie? <laughs> yeah, I have a 24-hour job. Yeah. They didn't quite have before. It's really funny. I haven't heard many people say that having a newborn is easier than being pregnant, but I definitely feel that way. Yeah. Um, when the depression stopped, I started to have terrible restless legs to the point where I couldn't sleep. Like I, I didn't sleep for the last, I don't know, four months of my pregnancy almost at all. Um, unless I, unless I was like chemically aided to do so. It was, I was like, I got to the point where I was hallucinating. I, there were days when I couldn't sleep. It was really crazy. So first of all, I sleep now I can lay down and actually go to sleep. <laughs> and that didn't happen for months. So I'm just yeah. incredibly grateful for mm. that. I don't have to urinate every um 15 <laughs> minutes and that's beautiful there's all these little things like i can get out of the tub or stand up without being totally encumbered by uh, this baby who was quite big when she was born being inside of me so i'm experiencing this lightness of being that is wow. really really nice and i'm getting mm. more sleep than i was <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny how we get prepared for things it's a, it's yeah. different right because there's also like she she's literally sucking the life out of me I would <laughs> able to breastfeed but that's you know she's the giving is really intense um but I'm I'm well supported by James you know my husband and my folks are in town when James mm. and I met the first date we had I told him that if I was gonna have children I was going to be local like I was, <laughs> I had a feeling about him. So I thought I'd just let him know right off the bat because he had moved into town uh, for work and probably would have left by now if it weren't for me, but that's his choice. Um, so yeah, I'm really well supported by friends also. And, you know, we got the chance to go to a potluck last night and just be with a bunch of people and be singing and mm -hmm. connecting, which feels really special coming I guess we're, we're still in the era of COVID, but we're not in the same era of COVID, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I'm actually working, which is pretty great. Wow. It's, it's 
I'm only doing things that feel like a good idea and for mm. which others have approached me. Like I'm not marketing myself right now. I'm not, you know, using my Instagram or anything or, or reaching out to clients, but I've been approached for a couple of really promising events that are maybe just an hour or a couple of hours long. And they're in front of many people, you know, so it's the opportunity to do this work uh, and, and have the work that I'm doing be my marketing. Yeah. Really exciting. And I also really like the feeling, even though it's a lot and I have to figure out when I'm going to finish the slides for, for the thing, for this event that I'm doing on Friday. I have it up in my head and I love that first, because I run my business, I'm actually able to keep kicking the wheel and allowing it to stay in motion. And I also really love that it helps me connect to a part of myself that existed before she was even on my radar. Uh, Mm. I think it's really important to feel like me. And when I, when I'm doing this work, because it's heart work and also because it's not strictly necessary for my survival it feels like connecting uh, Mm -hmm. to my, you know, my Dharma outside of parenting. And it just feels really nice to keep existing and not to just have diapers and breastfeeding and uh, babies, baby be my entire world. Yeah. What have you been invited to? So just to clarify, because you do a host of things. (laughs) Right, right. So I've started, I've started to focus more on public speaking and workshops and, one of our local, um, our, our biggest employer in Rochester, New York, is the University of Rochester. And one of their hospitals in that network has invited me to do a leadership uh, retreat workshop. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that'll be with everyone who's in a leadership position at that, at that mm-hmm. hospital, um, oh. which is exactly what I want to be doing is to help with stress management and nervous yeah. system regulation with folks who are helping other people, healer, healer, right? Mm. And similarly, I'll be helping with that sort of thing with my mentor, Mickey Spurlick, and um, with our colleague, Deatra Amber, doing an event for the Infant Mental Health Association of New York State later this month. Um, So that'll be a training around um, a bit about trauma and infant parent bonding and I'll be kind of in there helping some with the nervous system regulation and also just doing some more social work oriented um, Mm. that training Mm. and I did a little bit with the infant mental health association of New York last month as well so just things that are totally in my niche that have fallen right in my lap I'm so grateful that work is coming my way and that it's exactly what I want to be doing so my hope is that that'll just kind of snowball and yeah. trust, right? That yeah. what we're supposed to be doing, if yeah. we put ourselves in the right direction and we set our minds to it, that yeah. such a thing can be possible. Fingers crossed. Pretty well compared to <laughs> compared to many other ways of doing things when you're when you're in that, you know, yeah. workshop and public speaking. So yeah. Fantastic. I'm so happy Thank for you. you. Hmm. And thought, you know, the world is really, really crazy right now. And there's so much going on both locally and internationally. Um, and I'm not blind to that. However, it's really interesting how my focus has really narrowed in and I'm yeah. very, yeah. my world is really small in a lot of ways right now. And yeah. there's a lot great privilege of being able to say, to say it, but 
I feel peaceful, hmm. more peaceful than I have in a long time. And uh, I just feel really lucky to, to be in that spot because I know that. Um, yeah. And, and I think you shouldn't apologize because, you know, you've been through, through both sides, you know, and sure. it's a, a very common thing for mothers and social workers to apologize for being mm. on the better side of the world while we have our own challenges. And then it's almost like we're not allowed to have this lucky moment because we are so aware of other people's situation, but why not? I mean, that's Tantra too, you know, somebody cries another person will be happy and that's the way it goes you know when the sun shines on one part of the world there is the night on the other so that's what tantra really is about you know to accept that all that is and brings us forward into expansion so it's a great reminder it's one of the things that i'm always working on and shaving away at is like being boldly happy right to mm -hmm. enjoy and uh Yeah, I appreciate, I always appreciate your directness and, and that reminder of like, yeah, like enjoy. Hey, I'm happy right now for the record. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I can enjoy that. And that's it. Love okay. it. Yeah, no that's full stop. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Exactly. So one last word for the listener. Is there something that you want to pass on? One thing. Yeah, I think, I think what you just reminded me of just, yes, it matters that we, that we try to make our world better in very specific and active ways. And it's really important to remember that when we can be in alignment and we can allow ourselves to enjoy that, whether it's a child that we're caring for or people that we're working with or people we live with or someone we walk by on the street, we do have an impact even in that even in that way, it's actually really powerful to vibrate higher in whatever environment and whatever capacity that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Well, wow. always wonderful to talk with you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And um, I keep my fingers for your next entertainment and um, of work and for this new entertainment of Goldie. Oh, yes, she's quite entertaining. She's starting to smile socially, and it's very cute. <laughs> Beautiful. You. So have a good day, everybody, including you, Adair. And I hope to see you around, folks, wherever you are. Have a good day. Bye. Sure.